Welcome to Section 247's The Goal Line Stand All Football All the Time. Coming to you virtually from the Michaels Glass Company studios. Call Michaels Glass Company for all your glass needs. 215-338-3293. We are a Sports Talk Philly partner. SportstalkPhilly.com. Follow us on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at GL Stand Show. Uh, some news and notes. I want to thank everybody for making us one of the top, the number one podcast in football on Podomatic. It's all of you who have listened and all of our partners. It is greatly appreciated. We have coming up this week a special halfway through the season mock draft where myself, Mike, and Brett will take you through what we think is going to happen in the draft. All right. Got through that. I'm Michael Lipinski, joined as always by Brett Halpern. And Brett, we have some breaking news. Uh, why don't we get to it? You got it. Uh, you have it on. You have it on your phone. Yeah, I have it on my phone. Per Adam Schefter, fellow alum of Camp Kindering, just want to throw that out there. Shout out to Camp Kindering. Uh, the Steelers have placed quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, offensive lineman Gerald Hawkins, running back Jalen Samuels, and linebacker Vince Williams on the reserve COVID list. Roethlisberger was deemed a high risk close contact per source. Uh, so provided he passes COVID test this week, he'd be eligible to come off the list Saturday and play Sunday against the Bengals. So as a result, two of the four AFC North starting quarterbacks are on the reserve COVID list, uh, Baker Mayfield being the other one. Now, he didn't test positive, And this is similar to, I guess, what occurred with Matthew Stafford last week. Um, he was initially placed on reserve COVID list because of contact tracing uh, and then came off it and was able to play. But he's not going to be able to practice with the team, so there's that disruption. And, you know, the thing that is unfortunate is I think this is just the beginning of what's going to be a very difficult month or perhaps just the remainder of the season because of the influx of cases in the country. So it's going to be difficult. I sent to you last night, I saw it on Crossing Broad, uh, Philly's most irrelevant sports blog. Uh, they do a nice job for a long, long time. It was the NFLPA and the NFL are voting today on some amendments to playoff seating if and when. It's more of a when, I think. Uh, quote, meaningful games get canceled. There's going to be an expanded playoff. Uh, essentially, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to become an eighth seed is the way I read it because they were going to be the lowest rated playoff team at this point. Uh, it's going to happen. It it, it just is. It's happening in college football. It's going to happen in the pros. It, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I'm I'm fearful of it, but I, I'm taking a – I'm cautiously optimistic. that That's the way I'm approaching this. So – We'll see. Um, you know, it, it definitely is tough, and it's it's something that I know I mentioned, uh, you know, last week on the Football Friday show, and I know we've talked about it previously. I keep going back to John Mara's quote from the offseason, which is, look, it, if you're going to have a season in this pandemic, we all need to accept that there's just going to be competitive disadvantages, and it's not, it's not one team orchestrating it against another. This is just – this is a virus that we're all dealing with. So it's it's a tough year. And, you know, and also, look, I think that, you know, when we look back on this year several years from now, 
you're going to, you know, really wonder which of these teams, you know, struggled to play in an empty arena, empty stadium. There's something to that as well. So, you know, but we get football and you guys get us twice a week. So I'd say it's pretty good. I would agree with you. And any of you listeners out there, if you have a landscaping company or a garden center, we are looking to do a live podcast from your, your garden center. Uh, I reached out to Four Seasons, who a friend of Michael's Glass Company, and they have been inundated because of obvious reasons, you know. But uh, we think we like to we like to to help the working man as well. Uh, Four Seasons Hotel said no. Uh, the the Sheraton Crown Plaza no. Holiday Inn said no. Uh, Red Roof said you can come on in uh, just as long as you wear your bulletproof vests. Uh, so, you know, if you have a landscape business and you want a live podcast there. We'll come on down. Yeah, preferably one near both a bookstore and crematorium, adult bookstore and crematorium. Oh yeah, I I, I forgot it. Ha- I have to mention there. It has to be northeast Philadelphia in the middle of an industrial area, and you have to be near uh, food. So uh, you know, at least that one was near Sweet Lucy, so they could have gotten some okay food. Uh, Port Richmond, Bridesburg. Hey, we're looking at you, man. Uh, some some pierogies, kielbasa, that kind of thing. You know. Uh, let's get let's get on with it let's get on with it sticking with kind of a covid thing but uh, notre dame downs clemson and i think there needs to be an asterisk there only because trevor lawrence wasn't there but god bless the irish I think well it. you know so yes trevor lawrence wasn't there he was on the sideline i guess he he is now tested negative he's now i guess past the point of being able to spread the virus, but uh, he has to undergo a battery of car- um, cardiac tests to rule out uh, the myo uh, myocarditis, uh, which sometimes develops in people who have uh, had COVID. But, you know, I will say uh, DJ, DJ Ua Uyugale, Ua uh, the freshman, true freshman quarterback for Clemson, um, I, you know, he played tremendously well. So I, you know, I obviously Trevor Lawrence, generational talent, will be the number one pick of the draft. Whomever is picking number one, but they are in good hands moving forward. That kid is good. He's huge. He is gigantic, and you realize he's only going to get bigger because he's probably going to put on another ten pounds of muscle. And he could run. Uh, he's a future number one pick of the draft that uh, last night cemented, or excuse me, Saturday night cemented as such. So, well, yeah, you know, they didn't get the full version of Clemson. I wouldn't say that they got like, a, it wasn't a huge, huge drop off. That that was the point of my comment. No, I agree with you. And I was being a little bit yeah. sarcastic with, with throwing it out there. I, I was watching the game and I actually fell asleep right before Notre Dame point. Um, happens but i'm thinking to myself watching it god damn clemson is deep at quarterback they're not going to miss a beat and i get it it's clemson but still like man that's just that kid was impressive yeah yeah super impressive super super impressive uh and let's just say had they won he was getting a pretzel yeah i agree with you and Notre Dame wins. It's kind of it doesn't shake up the 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 college football playoff picture per se because 
in reality, it's just moving some spots. Uh, Alabama won, Notre Dame two, right? Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Ohio State three, Clemson four, and they're probably going to end up having to play each other again in the ACC championship game. Right. There's oh yeah, that's a good point. I wasn't even thinking about that. So so some flip flopping around there. What your what's your thoughts on Notre Dame? I was impressed with the Irish too, and I'm not the biggest fan of them. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of the coach, but I was impressed, and they've been playing well. I, <clears throat> you can't you can't deny it. Look, you know, I I think that Brian Kelly's done a nice job. He, um, it, it's a good team. I you know I think Ian Book is a questionable passer, but he you know he runs the read option well. He's athletic enough. Uh, they have some good running backs. Notre Dame always has good offensive linemen, which will further be demonstrated on the half-season mock draft. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, you know, defensively, they're always so- they're always just a top-ten-level team. Uh, and, you know, particularly when Clemson's without their best player, they could win. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's just a very solid, talented team with, with a ton of pro prospects. And um, yeah, they, they played well. They they really did. It was uh, it was an enjoyable game, except for towards the end. And and I, I don't I try not to rip on refs too much because I know I I should I co-host a podcast with one, but you know the, the entire replay system, it was just brutal in this game. They were I mean every play went to replay, even some that did not need to go. It was awful. This is where I've always said I wish the NFL would adopt more of the college replay system where every play is reviewed. Now, I do know from a college aspect, there's literally a guy that's sitting there watching a bank of TVs. I don't know whether it's in stadium anymore or if it's away now that we're in a different world. Yeah. And then they buzz. They buzz down to the to the white hat, the, the actual physical referee. Yeah. College, it, it's weird. Maybe it's just this year seems to be overdoing it and it wasn't just this game i've noticed it a lot in other games where it's like man this is craziness yeah i I mean look i i think it's just sort of luck of the draw that just happened but it was particularly towards the end of the game and then going into the overtimes it just seemed like every play every consequential play and and i would say 80 percent of them were obvious to even layman was going to replay and not only that you know, so in college, sometimes replay will last 10, 15 seconds. But these were just very long breaks, and it, it made the – that's probably why you fell asleep because it, it extended the game incredibly long. It was very – I mean, they were cutting into uh, Dave Chappelle's Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they were, which I watched and I, I was I was a fan of. Let's talk but real quick before we go to the NFL – Rough, rough weekend in the Big Ten, and we had a poll on at GL Stand Show. Simple question: Whose seat is hotter, James Franklin or Jim Harbaugh? 66, 71 people voted, so we appreciate all your votes there. Seventy-one people, sixty-six percent of the pollants said Jim Harbaugh is really on the hot seat. I really think he's done at Michigan. At the end of this year, what's your take on that? Uh, I I would agree. Yeah, hold with on this. a second. Am I nuts to think since I wasn't here on Friday? Yeah. Am I nuts to think that Jim Harbaugh is done in Michigan? Well, you're nuts to think that this is going to substitute for the "Am I nuts" 
segment. <laughs> but uh, no, you're not nuts to think that Jim Harbaugh could be done. Um, look, they're not getting a University of Michigan is not getting a good return on investment. He has not beaten Ohio State. I think he, he's only beaten Michigan State once. Uh, and, you know, they, they, the few times where they had, they were positioning themselves well to get into the college football playoffs, they choked at some point later in the season with that big loss to Iowa that they had a few years ago. Um, you know, I think it, it's amazing too. He's an offensive guy. And I would tell you that when I look at the Jim Harbaugh era of Michigan football, I would tell you that it's the best part about it has been the defense. He hasn't developed a quarterback. He hasn't really, he hasn't developed a, you know, an outstanding offense. So I think it's time for him to maybe go to the pros again. There has been rumor of that. We also had a poll asking Michigan fans, does he make it through the end of the year? And because there could be a scenario where he steps down. 51% of the Polands there say he is done before the end of the year. I don't know uh, about that. I don't see that. Final poll question we had out there at GL Stand Show before we move on to our pro talk. Is Indiana a top 10 team? I think so. 71% of the people said yes. Well, they technically, I mean, right now they're number 10. They are number 10. But And congrats to them. Yeah, I, I looking at it as a whole, like, are they up to, for this season? Are they going to be a team that's going to be consistently in that seven, seven to twelve kind of range? I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, until okay. they play Ohio. It, look, what? it's it's all going to come down to, for them when they play Ohio State. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, you know, that's kind of, that is their dream game. It, it's uh, it really sucks for them. I don't know if the game is at Indiana or Ohio State. I think it's at Indiana, and there won't be fans there because that will be the biggest game in the history of that program. So, and I wish them luck. I have no issue. I have no ill will towards Indiana. Maybe the basketball team, but not not the football team. No, I agree with you. Sticking with the National Football League, before we kind of get into some things, Alex Smith, now the quarterback of the Washington football team. Kyle Allen dislocates his ankle and he's done for the year. It's Alex Smith's team. This is a great story, but I, I, I'm so nervous. Like I yeah. don't want to see it. And uh, fortunately, though, he no longer plays the Giants, and the Giants are the breaker of ankles this year. And frankly, uh, you, Mister Philadelphia Eagles fan, I, I think you should say thank you. Why? I think the Giants have handed you the division. We got rid of Dak Prescott for you. We got rid of Kyle Allen. When Daniel Jones is running free, he falls down on the 25-yard line. Don't play the video. <laughs> From the 12, Jones keeps, gets a block, takes off, and he is gone. <laughs> Trying to stay upright, and he trips. Absolutely all alone, and he. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I I deserve a thank you on behalf of the New York Giants from Philadelphia Eagles Nation. Well, well, the Eagles fans appreciate it. Philadelphia Eagles fans, we have our own chaos to deal with coming up this week. Alshon Jeffrey apparently going to play this week against the Giants. 
Uh, yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna get to that on on. Uh, you should be rooting for that as a Giants fan. It's going to mess with the, the the synergy. Yeah, that's if I wanted the team to win. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm I'm at with that now. On that note, let's talk about it. I I did have to text you. Uh, I my condolences on the win. The Giants yeah. defeat Washington, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, look, Giants win 23-20. If Hold there's on one second. thing... I, I'm just going to mute my mic. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Well, if there's one thing that's, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is excellent at beating the Redskins. He's now 4-0 against the Redskins. And uh, has and other than one Tampa Bay win, has never defeated any other NFL team. Um, look, you know, there were some encouraging signs. There actually was a run game. We actually had two running backs run for over 60 yards. Um, I think the sad part of that comment is it does look as if Will Hernandez, the former second-round pick who has been out because of COVID, uh, the, the, the offensive line has done much better without him. So uh, it is um, definitely something that is of concern. The... Shane Lemieux, the rookie, has played much better. Andrew Thomas actually did not give up. A pr- I think maybe only gave up one pressure, so he played better. The other third-round rookie, Matt Pert, uh, played right tackle, played well. Uh, we even had Austin Mack um, play well. And, and one thing I will say that I really appreciate about Joe Judge, and I had posted this on our Instagram feed, at GL Stanshell, was that Joe Judge, who had had issues with Golden Tate based upon Monday night's game and then Golden Tate's wife going off on Instagram, he literally left Golden Tate home. Golden Tate didn't even take the train down to Washington. And I kind of like that. That's that's a no-nonsense kind of guy. I like that move. Um, you know, defensively, they played well. Alec, you know, the thing is, Alex Smith had some errant throws. He did throw for over 300 yards, though. So... I, look, I don't know. The Giants, you know, it's like I've said, the, the Giants has have some nice defensive pieces. Uh, really, like Logan Ryan had a really good game. Blake Martinez, James Bradbury. But then there's some other guys there who just don't belong on a on any NFL field. So, you know, what happens now? Well, now the Giants are, I guess, one, one and a half games out. And I, I will tell you, Mike, that a lot of, New York Giants nation is super pumped about this weekend's game thinking like, this is like so important to beat the Eagles to get, because you know, as you realize, and we'll talk about this more on Thursday, the Eagles have dominated the Giants as of late. And because this is a key divisional game now. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, we're, we're two and, and two and seven. And that we're playing in a key divisional game. Does that, to me, that means that you're not really – you're not good. What's the difference? And on top of it, we ruined our draft slot. We went from number two to number four. And the Dallas Cowboys have a better draft spot than the Giants now. So that sucks. And, you know, any time that the front – that the owners will have a chance to consider praising the putts of East Rutherford, I get nervous. So – there you have it. Giants 23, Redskins 20. Well, you shouldn't be too worried. Jerry Jones came out and did say that uh, his idiot son and Dak Prescott will be back yeah. next year. 
whether to take that at face value, I don't know. I don't know why he would say that. So if there was ever a concern of the Cowboys taking a quarterback, they're not going to, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. And look, are Giants fans excited for this game because they think they can win the division still? I mean, technically, I guess they could. Uh, or is this, all right, it's the Eagles, it's a rival. I'm still of the opinion Eagles-Giants is a big rivalry. Uh, in my mind, bigger than Eagles-Cowboys. And I know people won't agree with that. But is this, all right, it's a division game. We're just geared up for it. or And we want to screw the Eagles or, or what? It, it, it's a it's a mix of both. It's a it's a it's a dumbfounded belief that they can win the division. Actually, it's not. It isn't that crazy because of how bad the division is, and also because of the fact that the Eagles have dominated the Giants as of late. Um, you know, I think the Giants have only beaten the Eagles once or twice in the history of MetLife Stadium. So, yeah. The, the, so there's that as well. Um, you know, the other thing I was thinking is prior to this season, John Mara was quoted as saying that one of the standards for assessing whether or not the Giants are on the right path and whether the putts of East Rutherford keeps his job is, is, is whether they're playing meaningful games in the month of December. Well, because of how bad this division is, they might actually be playing meaningful games in the month of December, but I can't imagine this is what he envisioned. I mean, the, the Giants are playing a meaningful game at two and seven. It's not meaningful. It's the it is fool's gold, and I and I've said this you know now for a few weeks. I also think it's fool's gold for the Eagles. It is even if the Eagles, to their credit, get healthier, win the first round of the playoffs. I still think this is fool's gold for everybody. In the NFC East, I I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Eagles fans and Giants fans, go to our Twitter at GL Stand Show and vote. We have polls for each team, talking memories of the last thirty eight years. Eagles Giants at the Meadowlands. <sighs> what? Why are you shaking your head? Because I I mean it really is tilted in favor of the Eagles. I I guess so. I, I guess. No, so. it but is. I mean, I... Way, but it goes the other way down in in Philadelphia. So. No, I would say that, no, I think in general, if you look at the Giants-Eagles rivalry, I think the Eagles have the better of the Giants, at least in our lifetime, in terms of memorable moments. Like, for Fair instance, of the, of the, and we'll get more into this Thursday, The uh, and yes, uh, for everyone, go GL Stand Show on Twitter, check out the different options for both Eagles fans and Giant fans. But so there are four for each. For the Giants, two of them actually happened in the same game. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just not as many Ron games. Dixon, Ron Dixon and Seahorn was the same yeah. game? Yeah. So the choices are, for the Giants, Ron Dixon's punt return, or kickoff return, which yeah. uh, so that was what, the 2000? 2000 divisional pl uh, playoff game. And Jason, then later in the game, Jason Seahorn's pick six. Which is the, what I remember. That's when he was on the ground, right? On the Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. goes. Um, O.C. Humanura's six-sack game, and Jeremy yeah. Shockey over Brian Dawkins. Yeah, which was the O2 season finale, which it was kind of weird because it it was if the Giants win, they're in, and the Eagles lose, they were not going to get home field advantage. But it was a Saturday game, and then two games broke the Eagles' way. 
So the Eagles actually backed into home field advantage. I vaguely, I vaguely remember. It was eight, and you guys had AJ Feely playing. That was McNabb. Oh, that was the year McNabb was working. Yeah, I was at that game. Uh, on the Eagles' front, the Eagles' choices are because this is after Miracle in the Meadowlands number one. Yeah, Miracle in the Meadowlands number two, which is Brian Westbrook's return. Yeah. We'll get into that. People need to remember that came first. Oh God! Miracle in the Meadowlands number three. Oh, which God. is the Deshaun Jackson return. Uh, Randall Cunningham's 91-yard punt. And what was the last one? I don't, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, the 2008-2009 oh, the divisional playoff game. When the Eagles made their run to the championship game and ultimately lost. By the way, just want to point out, the week of that game, I told you Eagles were going to win 24-10. What was the score of that game? I'm going to guess 24-10. 23-9. On that note, we're going to move on. <laughs> go check out our partner Thrive Fantasy and the Thrive Fantasy app. You can go on any, uh, that's Apple and what's the other thing? Android. The Android yeah. store, put in Thrive Fantasy, download the app, sign up, deposit up to 25 bucks and get money back when you use code SEC247. Tell them we sent you and prop up. We're going to be having some of their prop bets on the Football Friday show. Now we're going to get into my favorite part of the week, or one of the favorite parts of the week, and that is our uniform segment, uni-watching. Two uniforms, two uniform matchups we loved, two that we hated. We can always skew it different ways here because there, there might have been one I loved and one I didn't like in a game. But let's get to it. Oh, yeah! Macho mixing, man, mixing it up a little bit. Mixing there. it up a little bit. Two that we like. Hold on, I gotta. Oh yeah, can never have enough Macho Man. Uh, I'm gonna lead off the, with what I enjoyed. That's what Stephanie said. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. One that I didn't think that I was going to like when it this was announced, and I actually had to wait to see it on the field. I love the Chargers powder blues. They came out with their midnight blue color rush uniforms this week, and I was I wanted to hate them. I really, really wanted to hate them. I really liked them, and then they matched up against the Raiders wearing their throwback with the silver numerals. It was a great looking game. Could it have been better? Yeah, it would have been better if the if the Chargers were wearing the powders, but it was good. It was good looking. It I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did not like it. Every I got several texts saying, "Oh, look at these things are pretty." To me, the Oakland game, the Oakland jersey saved this from getting into the ugly category. I I, just, I wasn't feeling it. I, I originally I originally thought that until I saw it in action and it put me over the edge. Uh, what's your What's yours? What's your first? My first one is Clemson and Notre Dame. Um, this you know I, the pomp and circumstance of Notre Dame. Sometimes it gets you. I really like this most recent version of the Notre Dame uniforms. I like the dull gold pants um, and with the white shoes. And then Clemson, I always like the all white as opposed to white with orange pants. So, you know, I thought it was a pretty, it, it was a, a pretty matchup, particularly at night. It popped. I, I would agree with you. And uh, the Notre Dame helmet with the light shining yeah. off of it. And I agree with you. Clemson, 
that's a good look for them. And I know that they have sig significance to their uniform combos, but that white pant, white jersey, yeah. re really sharp look. Uh, my number two, and I, I, I almost feel dirty picking this game, Steelers-Cowboys. And I, I know it's the Cowboys, but it, it was a traditional classic NFL game. I actually, what I liked was Juju Smith-Schuster. He had the, the yellow sleeve. Yeah, which I don't know if that's legal or not, but it really popped with the rest of the uniform. Yeah. It's a classic look. I, it's one of those things. It's like, okay, that, that's professional football right there. Yeah, and it's also been the uni matchup for three different Super Bowls. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's as classic as you get. Uh, my second one was Arizona State at USC. Always love USC home jerseys. Uh, Arizona State is really hit and miss sometimes with their um, – with their uni combos, this one I did like. Uh, spoiler alert, at some point in the season, Arizona State is uh, going to be wearing a home throwback. I don't know if we posted it on Instagram, but I'm telling you that week, I've seen it. It's going on my top two, just spoiler alert. Uh, but, yeah, this one I liked. It's pretty, and then with the USC home jersey, it just worked for me. Yeah, I'm not a UFC. I'm, I'm not a USC fan. I don't know why. It's something about it. Pete Carroll. Pro you're probably right. Smarmy prick. <laughs> got paid. Uh, got paid and got his doors blown off. Uh, let's get to it. Two that we don't like. No, don't like that. Jets Patriots. Jesus God awful, ugly, disgusting nonsense. I actually don't mind the Jets green i know there's things that need to be worked on word mark that kind of thing they bring out this stealth black and it's just crap it's awful and then the patriots on top of it the navy blue pants i i, I just it's got to go it's just such a hard it was a horrible horrible looking game yeah i'm not as offended with the patriot uniform but i am offended with the jet black uniform i wonder look as ugly as that black uniform is, I wonder if he did like either black with green pants or green with black pants because you can't get any uglier than this jersey. So why not fool around with it? Have have some fun. But yeah, it, it's an ugly look. Uh, so my first one, which I actually going into the game, I thought this would be one of my top two, was BYU at Boise State. Boise State went BFBS. And for those of you who don't know, that means black for black sake. And it was fugly. You couldn't, you couldn't see the Bronco. It made no sense. Didn't work for me. And you, you also, to me, it's like you ruined a good uni matchup. So shame on you. You're you're in the bottom two. I'm sticking with the Broncos, but I'm going with the professional ranks. Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons. Oh man, uh, you know, 1996. Once its uniforms back. The Broncos went mono navy blue. It, this is just really, really dated at this point. Yeah. The look is dated as a whole, but when they go, when they went this look specifically, it's really, really bad. And the Falcons, that uniform is growing on me. They went all white. It just was not a good look on the field for both teams. It was just, it was not good. Not good. And that turf sucks. Yeah, bad. It, it, it looks like the turf is diseased. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like the turf is dying and it's not alive. It's really bad. 
It is really bad. Uh, my second one is Washington State at Oregon State. Oregon State is kind of saddled with not the best color combo, but, you know, they've had some decent uniforms over the years. They've had a few good throwbacks I liked. I don't even know what the hell this was. And then to make matters worse, and I know this has nothing to do with the uniform, you know, maybe another time we'll devote energy to listing all the ridiculous props. I don't know if you saw this, Mike. So there's the turnover chain. They have the turnover chain saw. They had a kid roaming the sidelines with a turned-on chainsaw. It's okay. Probably didn't have the chain on it. What, I'm, I'm so over all of these turnover things. If you make a play, what happened to just making a play for the team? You need a medal. You need a necklace. You need a belt. You need other shoulder pads to look like Road Warrior, Hawk, or Animal. Why can't you just make a play? Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to move on to our MVP segment for pretzels and a lap. Pretzels good, lap bad. So let's get to it. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Thank you, Georgie boy. All right. So you, I went first in uniforms. You go first in your, in your distinguishment, uh, your handing out of pretzels. Okay. Uh, first pretzel goes to De'Eric King, quarterback of Miami. Led the Miami Hurricanes to a 44-41 win over NC State. He was 31 of 41, 430 yards, five touchdowns, 15 carries, 105 yards. Basically, he you know gained about almost a whole mile of yardage in one game. So for that, De'Eric King, enjoy your pretzel. I am going to stick in the collegiate ranks for my first one. Tylua? Tylia? Tagavaloa? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tua's brother. Quarterback, University of Maryland. So on, uh, on Saturday against Pennsylvania State University, 18 for 26, 282 yards, three touchdowns, a couple more rushes, OTDs on the ground. But for the course of this season, I mean, this kid is just is playing lights out. It's a little scary. Uh, 58 for 86, that's a 67.5 completion percentage, 770 yards, six touchdowns. He's thrown a couple picks. He's thrown four, but looks like the real deal down there for the Terps. Uh, Good-looking player. You can see – it tells you a lot about where Alabama is, is that they can just let this kid walk away. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be the pro prospect that his brother was because his brother's considered short, and right. Talia is only like five eleven. Right. I think he's the he is a prototypical college quarterback. He's, ma he's major Applewhite. Right. Exactly. But yeah, but he's doing a really good jobs. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, my second one, I think actually we now have a new um, first in our four pretzels in a lap. It is the first ever guy to earn consecutive pretzels but from different pretzel givers uh so i have dalvin cook running back minnesota vikings uh who's been on a tear uh and i i have him on my fantasy team and i still managed to lose this week <laughs> but uh minnesota he led the vikings to a 34 20 win over detroit 22 carries 206 yards two touchdowns two receptions 46 yards dalvin enjoy your 
second pretzel. We're going to have another first then. So this is the week of firsts, I guess. We're going to have our first brother combo as a pretzel winner from one person. To a tag of Iloa, come on down. <laughs> 248 yards, two touchdowns, 122.3 quarterback rank ranking as the Dolphins pick off the Cardinals. And look, the kid now, now it's making sense, right? Uh, the yeah. kid has played very, very well the past two games. I'm not ready to anoint him the real deal yet, but it's easy to see why the Dolphins made this move. Yeah. And good for him, good for them. And you get it. That brothers get to share a pretzel. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, if I was a Dolphins fan right now, I'd be very pleased with the direction of this team. So, uh, but kudos to him. Kudos to the Tagovailoa family. Uh, my number three is Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, who was playing with a heavy heart. He, I believe he lost either his grandmother or grandfather a few days prior to the game, but led the Bills in an impressive 44-34 win over the smarmy Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> he was 31 of 38 for 415 yards, three touchdowns, seven rushes, 14 yards, and also a, a rushing touchdown. Um, but he's, you know, look, when he's on, they're very tough to beat, and they're sitting pretty well atop the AFC East. I guess it's 7-2. and two, And uh, Josh, enjoy your pretzel during your time of grief. I'm sorry for your loss. Yes, definitely sorry for his loss. And in addition to Josh Allen, the rest of the team can have themselves pretzels because the Buffalo Bills get a pretzel from me. I think I'm becoming a Buffalo Bills fan here on this program. <laughs> but they they took it to – this was one of my choices for games to watch. I wanted to see what Buffalo could do against Seattle. And they took it to the smarmy prick and the Seattle Seahawks. Buffalo, you get a pretzel. Dip it in the sauce with the wings. Sure, that's good. It'd probably be interesting, yeah. I've I've never done that. Uh, anyways, um, I always uh, try to keep it. You know, if if you can, to try to keep it local. Um, and it's funny. So we're in week nine of the season. I have yet to give out a pretzel to a New York Giant, uh, but I thought it would be appropriate this week. Uh, Logan Ryan, cornerback, New York Giants, formerly the cornerback of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, formerly the quarterback and cornerback for the Eastern Regional Vikings. Uh, enjoy your pretzel. Um, he had five tackles, one forced fumble, and a game-clinching interception. Uh, particularly, this was a very difficult week for him. Uh, for those that don't know, last week he was speaking with the trainers and his wife, who was pregnant, um, had some stomach pains and the trainers are like the trainer said she needs to go to the hospital. And it turns out that uh, she was su suffering from an ectopic pregnancy. Unfortunately, they lost the baby, but because of going to the hospital, they were able to save uh, his, his wife's life and, and, and not have to deal with a lot of other, um, you know, dangerous side effects to that. So because that Logan Ryan is really uh, very close with the organization um, and he played well and, and he dedicated this interception and win to both his wife and their late child. So uh, we're very sorry to the family. Hope Logan Ryan's wife's doing well. It's so a Logan at minimum. Enjoy the pretzel. 
I got to follow that up, huh? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so Indiana, you get yourselves a pretzel. You know why? Because you're putting the you're hammering the nail in the Jim Harbaugh coffin. 38-21, Indiana defeats Michigan. I it's weird. Like I find myself not rooting for them, but they're not a team, even as a Big Ten fan. It, they're and, and they play Rutgers, so they played Rutgers, they beat Rutgers. They're not a team that's like, ah, oh, they're a bunch of jerks. They're they're enjoyable. I don't know why. Coaching, maybe the players. But Indiana, you get a pretzel. It's a blue collar team, and it's it's nice to see a team win. I mean, it's not yours, but you don't have a problem with. So, lap time. Let's get running here. Terrible. Take a lap. God awful. Get going. All right, get going, Detroit Lions. You had 10 men on the field when you let Dalvin Cook run all over you. This is getting really, really bad in Detroit. I mean, we're talking the, the coach is going to lose his job bad. It's embarrassing. Uh, your uniforms are ugly. You, you can't count to 10. Awful. Awful. And he's a rocket scientist. Yeah, apparently. Who can't count to 10? Must yeah. be a Republican. Okay. You said that I didn't. Uh, <laughs> it's. It is interesting though that uh, Jim Caldwell was nine and seven and they fired him, uh, but you know Matt Patricia gets uh, a lot of a lot of mulligans. It seems like uh, for me, I'm going with the Notre Dame student body. Congratulations on the win. Um, I understand you beat the number one teams the first time Notre Dame has beaten the number one team uh, in the nation since the game of the century in 1993 only to have that ruined by Cherry Hill Eastone, Glenn Foley uh, the week after. But um, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I think you guys have noticed because my understanding is that Notre Dame students have to undergo multiple tests, uh, you know, through, you know, every few weeks, uh, being as a private institution and, and whatnot. Uh, the pictures that we have seen, they rush the field, and that became that that field became a cesspool and a petri dish of corona. Those little corona bugs must have been having a field day because that was bad. And I worry someone is going to get sick. And on top of it, pretty soon people are going home to thank for Thanksgiving. That's how this thing keeps growing. Uh, it is very interesting, though. The um, Fallout to that is that the leadership, the administration in Notre Dame said everyone has to get tested and they're not permitted to leave until you get tested. And if you leave without getting tested, you are then put on registration holds so you can't matriculate or can't take classes in the spring. So at least kudos to them for the sharp response. However, this is all from the president of the university who attended the super spreader event, which got not only Donald Trump, our president sick, uh, governor, former governor Christie and others uh, in the first family and, and the white house staff. So yeah, just bad luck guys, you know, just celebrating the stands. I understand the, the need next year. You can rush the field when you, you know, you beat USC just, you can't do it this year. I'm sorry. 
I agree with you. And on top of it, now you've surrounded two football teams. Yeah, what it's happened? just it's just bad. It's no. just it was a bad look. It absolutely was. Uh, let's move on to our power rankings as we close up this here program. Let's start with our top five. Uh, you want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first. All right. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the lone undefeated in the National Football League, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, the Green Bay Packers. And this one was tough. This one was tough. I I, I went with five and six. I got to give it to the Buffalo Bills, although the New Orleans Saints were impressive and they're my six. But we only count five. That's true. Uh, so my top five, number one, Pittsburgh Steelers, number two, Kansas City Chiefs, number three, Baltimore Ravens, number four, I have the New Orleans Saints. I think right now they're the best team in the NFC, but that NFC is a mess. Uh, and number five, Buffalo Bills. Let's go to our bottom five, the Jets. Uh, so we got to go. So hold on. All right. So Jacksonville, the Giants. The Cowboys, Washington, and then the Jets. I mean, okay. I, I, I'm at, we're at the point here where anyone look. Uh, so I, we can sh- I can take a picture of the show sheet, but the New York Jets is typed in. Yeah, so they're there. <laughs> it, it, we're at the point now where I think we might be able to put Washington, Dallas, and the Giants typed in as well because it's not going to matter between 29, 30, and 31. Uh, I agree, except for, and look, I don't think this is going to happen. <clears throat> if the Giants happen to win next week, you might be able to replace them with, I'm not saying the, the Eagles. There are a few other teams that are right on the cusp, like 26, 26, you know what I mean? But yeah, the last few weeks, the bottom five has been pretty consistent. Uh, my bottom five, I just have it in a different order. I have 28, I have so from 28 to 32. I have the Giants, Washington football team. Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets. So, um, considering I think I've been harder on the Giants than you, I actually have them rated higher. Yeah. They're slowly making – hey, look, in the last few weeks, they've gone from 31 to 28. That's Sky's not, the limit. Sky's the limit. We should on, <laughs> they should get a pretzel next week. Well, I look, I gave Logan Ryan a pretzel. Let's not go too far. On that note, what we've got coming up here, we have our halfway through the season mock draft special coming up this week. That will be on Thursday. Wednesday? I forget now. Whenever you tell me it is. When, uh, <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday. That's going to be dropping on Wednesday or Thursday, one of those two. And then our Football Friday show coming up where we preview everything this week, including our Eagles, Giants, Memories. Oh, Follow us on all social media. At GL Stand Show. Thank you for making us the number one football podcast on Podomatic. And remember, if you have a landscaping company or garden center, we need to hear from you because we want to do a live podcast from your said location in an industrial park in Northeast Philadelphia. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win.